Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. From the very, from the very word go, being obedient to the Lord. Amen. In your worship tonight. Hallelujah. First Samuel chapter number 10. First Samuel chapter number 10. I'm going to read just a few verses of scripture. And, and I'll, probably, I'll probably read, I'll probably read it starting at verse number 20. Probably read starting, starting at verse number 20 tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. I know some of you are probably cold, but I'm hot. Amen. I am hot. I'm in the ninth inning stretch here. Hallelujah. If I run out of water, I just let it drip off my head back in the bottle and I'll be fine. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. It gets this time of year, I really got to change from these little hankies and bring, start bringing the hand towel. Amen. And wiping wet on wet. I don't know what good that does. First Samuel chapter number 10. Just a, just a, 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 a little thought I'd like to deposit. Amen. In our lives here this evening. Amen. Starting with verse number 20, the Bible says, When Samuel had caused all the tribes of Israel to come nearer, the tribe of Benjamin was taken. And when he had caused the tribe of Benjamin to come near by their families, the family of Matri was taken, and Saul, the son of Kish, was taken. And when they sought him, he could not be found. Therefore they inquired of the Lord, the people talking to God, about this scenario therefore they inquired of the lord further if the man speaking of saul that is should yet come thither they're, they're, they're saying you have us come together and we've cast lots and we went through this discerning mode of, of finding who this is that you're speaking of now is he even here is he even here? Is he among us? Is he going to come? So that's what they're questioning the Lord. They're asking God, is he going to come here? Is he even here? And the Lord answered, behold, he hath hid himself among the stuff. Everybody say stuff. That brings back some memories, don't it? Amen. And when they ran and fetched him, speaking of Saul thence, and when he stood among the people, they went and fetched him. They, they got him out from there. He stood among the people. He was higher than any of the people from his shoulders and upward. From his shoulders and upward. Amen. This evening, I, I, I want to talk to you just for a little bit. And I'll be mindful of your time. If I could just simply call this. If I could, thank you, Bishop. If I could simply call this anointed, then appointed. Anointed, then appointed. Amen tonight. Anointed then appointed. That word though in verse 22, the very last word there, kind of give you maybe a little direction about where we're going. That last word there, stuff, in the actual language can mean this, baggage. When they said, where is he at? Where is he at? Is he going to show up? The Bible says that he was over among the baggage. This might be short, but I feel something's been laid on my heart this afternoon. Because Saul was anointed before this juncture in the road. But he was appointed at this juncture in the road. But there was something that was standing there between his anointing and his appointing. 
And that was the baggage that he had. Let's go to the Lord right now in prayer. Father, I come to you. I pray, Lord, give your servant adequate words right here in the next few minutes. God, that whomsoever, God, this may be for, that it would find them. God, that the word of God would dig a trench around about them. I pray, oh Lord, today, God, and minister, Lord, if it's just to one, I'll stand here, God, and minister to one tonight. If it's reaching one, Lord, help me to reach one. I pray, oh God, this evening, God, anoint, Lord, my lips and my mind. Your word is already anointed. It doesn't need propped up. It doesn't need any help. But God, I pray, oh Lord, help your servant tonight to portray in the next few moments something, Lord, God, will be meaningful for somebody in this place, God. And I love you and I thank you for it in the lovely name of Jesus Christ that I pray. And the church say amen. Amen. You may be seated tonight in the lovely name of the Lord. The story that we have read, that I have read rather in your hearing here this evening, is one where there has already been some interaction between Samuel and Saul. Uh, Saul has already went to Samuel out on a search for his father's donkeys. And I know it seems like not too long ago we spoke around these lines, but bear with me, if you will, as we just grab another little portion of the scripture. He had already been, already been to his, uh, Samuel concerning his father's donkeys, trying to find them. And it was through that, that interaction, or I would even call it a divine appointment, amen, that God set up for Saul to be with Samuel the seer, that he would let him know, Samuel would, would let him know that the donkeys are found, everything is all right, but your real purpose for being here supersedes that of a few donkeys of your daddies. Your real purpose for being here is that God has, has spoken with me and dealt with me that, that you're going to be Israel's first king. They are desiring such a thing, desiring a man to be over them, and so God has allowed this to be permissive and allowable, and you are going to be Israel's first king. And before before Saul would leave the next day, he, he sat there during a meal. He sat there being fed uh, with the sacrifices that took place and some of the best portions of meat that would be set for him. This is Saul I'm talking about, would be set before him. But before he would leave the next day, in, in, in a time of privacy, in a time that's away from the crowds, in a time when there is certainly no onlookers, maybe except for the servant of Saul, nobody's around, that in the privacy of that moment, the Bible speaks that Samuel would take that, that horn of oil, as it were, and would pour it upon Saul, anointing him for the prescribed purpose of being Israel's first king. And I can imagine Saul, he's a little bit blown away that the steps that he took away from daddy's house led to where they led and that he would come back home with an oily residue upon his hair and upon his brow. Couldn't even imagine that this was happening to him for many, many different reasons. One thing was, this is not what I left home for. This is not the reason why I've been on this journey, but it seems like destiny has interrupted and intersected my path. Not only that, whenever he began to consider his ancestry and begin to consider his father and the long line of pedigree that he had he would look and say man I'm just I'm just a Benjamite I, I, I'm, I'm a son if you will of, of the smallest tribe a very diminutive tribe we're not a very big family and for this to be happening for the Benjamites man this is like putting Kingsburg on the map you understand what I'm saying this this for those who live here this is like a big 
thing. This is something tremendous. And so the, the man of God tells him, I'm anointing you right now. But we're going to, this is done in private. This has been done in secrecy. But we're going to have a public forum. We're going to have a public agenda. We're going to call all the nation of Israel together. And we're going to have a time that we're going to see that you're going to be appointed in front of all of the people. Your anointing's taking place in private. But your appointment is going to take place in the public. And so here's Saul. He has a, a little bit of time to think and, and, and consider what has happened to him. And there's other things that happened that the man of God said would happen. As I spoke this morning, that time frame of coming among the prophets and prophesying. And where did that come from? You know, man, I've never had things like that come out my mouth or enter my mind. But all of a sudden, I find myself in a, a different realm, a different lot of life. And all I've had is a private anointing upon my life. Where, where's all this coming from? And people questioning uh, who my daddy is because of the way that I'm acting and what's happened to me. And, and he tells me now, the man of God said, I need to go to Mizpah and there's gonna be a public appointment there. And as it was, it was just like the, the man of God said. All the people, all of Israel had been summoned to this place of Mizpah. And so they're coming there. They're coming there with their wagons and they're coming there with their sheep and their goats and their livestock. And the Bible says they're coming from all around, from all their different sectors that they have been at to see what the Lord was going to do in this place. And Samuel wanted it to be the hand of God. He set it up that it would be the lots that would be cast from tribe to tribe, dwindle down to, to, to families and dwindle down to the exact person about who should be appointed as the next king or the first king for that matter. And so everybody is around. But as the custom was, and these were this the custom of the Israelites, it's not exactly like they had a house hut of permanent somewhere where they kept all their wares and all their artillery and they kind of had a household. It, that's not the way the Israelites operated. They, they were a nomadic people. They pitched their tent and they uprooted it. They went from place to place and whenever they left with their tent anything that pertained to the tent all of their artillery, all, all of their goods, all of their wares, all of their vessels, everything that they owned you know, sometimes I go on the trip and, I, and it's probably going to happen this week. I think man, we took everything except the kitchen sink and we took the knobs off it and put it in the suitcase. You know, you know what I'm talking about and maybe this is why it's on my heart today but anyway the man whenever they left man they, they, they snuffed out the campsite and they had everything everybody say everything they had everything with them they had the things that they need and the things they didn't need for the trip I don't know how many trips you go on my wife lives by the philosophy I'd rather have it not need it than need it not have it and so what that means she probably packing some winter clothes this week just in case the jet stream dips down low enough <laughs> That's a little exaggeration there. But nevertheless, you know, they're, they're coming now. They have everything they have in their life coming with them. Things they need, things they don't need. Things maybe they haven't used in several months, but they still have. And since it's theirs, they're bringing it. So whenever you have all of these different tribes and all these different families that are converging at Mizpah at this certain place, it is inevitable as they stop there that here's their carriages or whatever they had, their donkeys, their mules. Here is, everybody say, all their Stuff. Here's all their stuff. Their good stuff, their bad stuff, the stuff they'd rather not talk about. 
Here's all their possessions, all their wares, all their artillery, all of their vessels. It even speaks of their carriages, that being stuffed, vessels being stuffed. Here is all of everyone's stuff. And so here is the, the, the man who is to be the first king coming. Here comes Saul, and no doubt he comes with a little bit of his baggage too. And so at this place of Mizpah, laying around all over the ground, honey, we got, we got some type of semblance of pots and pans over here. We have some skins over here with water in them. Over here, we got a three-legged donkey. <laughs> We got a three-legged donkey over here and we, we got a saddle, amen, with, with kids and children crying and screaming. We got a little doll over here made out of some corn stalks and we, we just got stuff all over the place. We got stuff some people haven't seen in years because they never unpacked it every time that they, you know, they got to the camp. Let's leave it packed, honey. We won't have to worry about it when we get up and leave. They had stuff beyond stuff. They had stuff from whenever they were single. They had stuff from whenever they were married. You know what I'm talking about? I know we got a couple right back here just moved not too long ago. Brother, brother and sister McBroom back there, they just moved not too long ago. They rediscovered some stuff. They were doing some things back here in the back and, and they were coming up with some ideas and he was sharing some ideas and he started talking about some different stuff he had. My wife was telling me all about that. I said, well, he probably just rediscovered that when they moved and she said, that's exactly what he said. Because after a while, we just store stuff, container stuff, put things away, push it back in a dark corner, put it over to the side, and it takes really going through it to rediscover what you had to begin with. Have you ever bought something only to find out you had one to begin with? You just didn't know where it was? Stuff. Yeah. And the Bible says at the point in time that the decisive lot was being cast and it goes from tribe to tribe and, and so the tribe of Benjamin was picked and then it went to the family of Kish and then it came to the individual of Saul. And so Saul was to be the man uh, 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 appointed in the public that had already been the man that was anointed in private. And here it is. Saul, you the man. Come forward, Saul. Come on, Saul. You're the man. This is the family. It's Saul. Where is Saul? He's not to be found. Nobody sees Saul. Amen. The brothers perhaps look at each other. The father's thinking, where did that boy go? They can't see or decipher where Saul is. And they inquired of the Lord again. And they said, Lord, you know, is this, is this really right? Is this true? This is the way that the lots have fallen. This is what the discerning of the Spirit has said, who this should be. But there's nobody like that around here. There's nobody like that in, in, in a voice distance around here. Lord, where's he at? Is he going to come? and the spirit of the Lord spoken to them and they said boys he's over there among the stuff he's out there among the baggage I feel in my spirit this afternoon that there are people even in our church that God has anointed in a private means in some time past but you've not yet accepted your appointment because there's still some baggage and stuff in your life that you're trying to take cover behind and keep you held hostage from removing and going forward in the public for your appointment. No, listen to me today. There's people that might be standing among us that's got some stuff. And let me tell you what Saul was contending with wasn't all his own. He was contending some other people's baggage as well. 
I believe there's people that may be sitting under the sound of our voice. Amen. My voice tonight. That Sister Jessica, there's some that are still dealing with some addictions of yesteryear. You're saying they're still addicted? No. But just the stigma of having had the addiction. They've already been anointed and God wants to appoint them. But where are they at? They're among the stuff. I can't do that. I can't go there. I can't be used of God the way God would want to use me. I know my baggage. I know my good stuff. I know my bad stuff. I know know my two broken marriages. I know how I treated my children as a mother growing up and God saved me late in life. I remember being molested and taken advantage of as a child. I got too much baggage. I got too much stuff. Bible says there he was. He was among the stuff. He was among the baggage. There was things all around there, but nobody could see him. Nobody could discern him because he was so cluttered up and covered up by all of the baggage, all of the things, all of life's necessities and not necessities were around him. If he wanted to, Saul could think in his mind, man, I'm of the smallest tribe. Not only that, whenever there were the rulers of the judges that was upon the earth in Judges 19, 20, and 21, we read of the story of the Benjamites. The Bible speaks of the Benjamites, that there was a Levite who had a concubine. He was going through their area and their town, and there came some men who were of Benjamin, the Bible says, around about him, calling out to the household that they would send out somebody that they could take advantage of, rape, literally, just rape and take advantage of in a sexual manner all night. And this man, uh, just at wit's end, his concubine went out there, and these people, the Benjamites, raped her, took advantage of her and when he woke up in the morning and opened the door, her hands were on the threshold of the house and he basically told her, come on honey, let's go but the Bible says that she was dead they left her for dead having taken advantage of her and whenever word got out to all of the tribes all of the other 11 tribes they said we're not standing for this and at that moment in time there was a civil unrest that happened in the nation of Israel, all of the other Israelites began to come against Benjamin because of what they had done because of the lack of of chivalry and the lack if you will of decency that they had and they went and they fought against the Benjamites. The Benjamites at that point in time had 26,000 warriors but whenever the days were said and done all there was left of Benjamin was 600 men. 600. And they said we're not giving you any wives. Not going to give you any females because we're not going to allow you to have offspring. We're going to have you just shrivel up and die because of the deeds that you have done. That was the tribe of Benjamin. That was the tribe of Benjamin. The Bible records that they got some wives and they were able to increase their offspring. But whenever Saul is standing there among the people at that grassy and that that dirty intersection of Mizpah that day and God has already anointed him in private. Don't you think for a moment whenever Saul arrived at Mizpah, he's thinking about his heritage. All these people that have taken advantage and had no decency. The stigma that was upon his life. I can't come forward and be used of God. I come from a tribe that they almost wiped out one time because of the indecency and the way that we carried ourselves and he was covered up if you will by the baggage he couldn't go forward because he had not yet let go of the past he couldn't go forward because he had not yet released himself of the 
And they said he's over there among the stuff. He's over there among the baggage. There's something still from his past that he's allowing to be hide him and he's hiding among and he's going to miss the appointment although he's already being anointed. Someone say amen. Now here's the thing, folks, that I want you to understand. And I said I wouldn't hold you long. I'm watching it. Countdown. 17, 16, 15. All right. Hallelujah. The Bible says when they inquired of the Lord and the Lord gave the direction that he's among the baggage. He's among the stuff. Not just his stuff. He's among some of y'all's garbage. He's not got some of his own hang-ups, but he's allowing some of your hang-ups to be his hang-ups. He's among the baggage. He's among the stuff. The Bible says, look what the scripture says in verse 23. When they learned of this, the Bible says they, those whom this was shared with, the nation of Israel, they ran and they fetched him thence. In other words, they got him outside and away from the stuff and the baggage. Know what the scripture says. Whenever he got out from behind and around the baggage, the Bible says all seen him that he was head and shoulders. He was head and shoulders among every other individual that was gathered that day. But nobody could recognize that. Nobody could decipher that as long as his life was cluttered by the baggage. See, in private, God seen him head and shoulders among everybody. But when he got among the baggage, it was hidden even to the public eye. Amen. The stature and the caliber of a man that this was. But it took somebody that said, hey, we're not going to allow something that God has anointed. We're not going to allow something that God has anointed to fade and distinguish and go away. We're going to fetch him out of that past. We're going to fetch him out of that stigma and let him stand before the people as he is, head and shoulders among all. Someone say amen. I believe tonight there's some people in here that need an appointment and there's nothing wrong with you. There may have been something wrong with you, but there's nothing wrong with you now. God's already anointed you. He's already placed his oil upon you in private, but he's wanting to appoint you in public. You need to get over of your past. You need to get over the addictions. You need to get over your mistakes. Get over your failures. Get over the two marriages you've been through. Get over being ostracized. Get over losing this and losing that. Get over it all. Let God bring you up out of that stuff. Let God bring you up out of that baggage. Let you stand. Hallelujah. Head and shoulders among all the people. God's got an appointment. God's got an appointment. Someone say yes. They fetched him thence. He stood among the people. He was higher than anybody else. And you know what happened at that point in time? The very thing that God said he was going to do. I've anointed you in private, but now you're being appointed in the public. But it will only happen if you can get outside among, beyond the baggage. Somebody, some people just get lost in the church because they always take their seat when they come in among the stuff. 
among the baggage. Among a lifetime and lifestyle of mistakes. But you've been washed. You've made white. And if you would take inventory real well, you're going to come to find out you got some good stuff and you've had some bad stuff. Honey, it's time for an address change. Start going through your stuff. If it no longer attributes anything to your life, and if you're not frequented it in a while, you don't need it to be a part of your life anyway. If you've not touched it for five years, go and write it off as though you're not going to ever touch it again. The Bible says at the close of the day when all of this has taken place. And you know, we use, we use that phraseology even, even today concerning head and shoulders. And we're not talking about literal head and shoulders. It's, 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 it's a word. It's a phraseology that's meaning someone that is of outstanding character or, or of, of great success in certain areas. Man, their head and shoulders. We, you know, we derive that really from this story of Saul who in a literal sense was head and shoulders. But we apply it in such a means that it's somebody that's been successful or they went very forward in a certain area. Their head and shoulders among the others and here comes Saul and he's just like that and so he's appointed now he's been anointed in private he's been appointed in public but that could only take place when he got out from among the baggage now look what happens listen to me look what happens the Bible says that the people are dismissed and I won't hold you but maybe eight minutes long at a time Amen. And the Bible says that he was he was let go. Everybody was sent home. Everybody's what are they doing? They're grabbing their suitcases, grabbing their trunks, grabbing their ten kids, minus one, whatever. They're getting them all together. They're getting all the livestock. They're going somewhere. They're going to pitch a tent somewhere and they're going to have their home set up. And as they were going back to their places, Saul goes back to his home, the Bible says, to Gibeah. Now he's not just walking as an anointed man, he's walking as an appointed man. He's not now, he's not just has spoken upon his life this is what shall be but he has upon this life this is what you are amen there's come a total transition for him and the bible says as he went to his home to Gibeah in verse 26 that there went with him a band of men whose hearts God had touched also there's a group of men that God's hearts, God had touched their hearts. They seen the potential. They seen the leadership. They seen the astounding head and shoulder figure among all the people. And he already had a group of followers that was behind him propagating what he propagated, supporting what he supported. And they followed him. But the Bible says in verse 27, but the children of Beliah, those worthless ones, said, how shall this man, Saul, how shall this man save us? And they despised him, brought him no presence. In other words, Saul had a, a ragtag group of supporters that was already supporting him as the appointed man, but there were some others in the crowd this is where you got to get over your own baggage and others. There were others in the crowd that said, how is he going to benefit us? We're not supporting him. We're not giving no presence to him. Why? Because we are only viewing him through the lens of who he was and the tribe he came from rather than what God said he's going to be. Hey, talk to us tonight. I don't want to unload my baggage 
Brother Malone, in an area that it makes you a blue, uh, uh, makes you hidden from what God wants to appoint for you because I am holding you to where you came from rather than where you go. Oh, I've seen it, folks. I was born in the morning, but not yesterday morning. I've seen it. People come in the church with the life that they had lived, get born again of water and spirit, and the naysayers find the mourner's bench. And all they can talk about, well, you, you know, when I knew them, You know, I, I remember whenever they were at the bar every Friday night. I seen their vehicle there oftentimes. And sometimes on, on, other, on Wednesday nights when I made my way to church, don't you feel real pious about that? I seen them over at the wagon wheel. Uh-huh. You know what just happened? You just put some of your personal baggage around them to obscure the appointment God has for him. Not to mention in private, he's already anointed. There's a lot of missed appointments because our own baggage has served as an obstacle to somebody's appointment. What type of baggage? Baggage of unforgiveness. Baggage of not letting somebody live beyond where they used to live. Not allowing somebody to be renewed like you once were renewed. Not allowing somebody to arise above all the ashes of the muck of mire that you were pulled out of as well. Someone say amen. I don't need to break no promises. I'll try not. Don't need to break no promises. So they found him. They brought him out. He stood head and shoulders among the others. He was appointed. But notice whenever those old boys, when he had a group of fallen, and we need that. We need that in the body of Christ. We need people that after they receive their appointment, we need some fans to fan the flame for them. That says, you know what? You are the man. You, you, you are going to be Israel's king. You're going to do a great job. You're going to function. You, you, you're, you're different than what your old tribe of Benjamin used to be. There needs to be people in the church that are just people who come alongside somebody and says, I know, I know maybe God may have brought you some, from somewhere horrible, but God's got great plans for your life and God's going to see it to pass. If he's begun a good work in you, he's going to see it to completion. And you know what the Bible says? Whenever Saul heard all these negative voices that was coming against him, against even things of his past, the Bible says that he held his peace. In other words, he didn't even give them the time of day. He says, I'm not listening to that nonsense. I'm not listening to that garbage. Honey, if you've been hiding among the stuff that God has called you out and got you out of all your baggage, you go on and walk. Don't listen to the naysayers. Don't listen to the ones that speak of no encouragement in your life. You go on and march on and heed nothing to them. Hold your peace. Don't even give them the time of day. Because God's got an anointing and an appointing for you. Someone say, man. 
Staying with me and I'll keep my promise. We bow our heads in this place here this evening. I don't want people to be born again in the water and the spirit and have a life that has been started for the Lord. I don't want you to live the rest of your days held hostage still by yesteryear. I don't want you to be held hostage by yesteryear. And I for sure don't want you to be held hostage by what may be the minority of naysayers. Hear me. God, in a moment of time, has placed His oil of His presence upon your life. And He has a job for you to do. He has a job for you to do. He has a function for you to do. Being a part of the body of Christ. He has a function for you to do being a part of the church I don't want you to be lost among the baggage I don't want you to be lost among maybe bad mistakes and wrong decisions of times past I don't want you to be lost among all that I'm going to try to do my best as, as the pastor of this assembly that if I inquire the Lord and he says well they're just lost over there in the baggage I want, I'm going to try to do my best sir or ma'am if that's you I want to try to do my best if God would in, in just somehow inform me I'm going to go over there and I'm going to start digging through the suitcases. I'm going to start digging through the past. I'm going to start digging through the necessities and the non-necessities that may be stationed all around you till I find you. I want to try with the help of the Lord to pull you out of that place. Because whenever God anointed you, that was, just, that was just the precursor to your appointment. There's more than just an anointing he has for your life. He has an appointment. Everybody say an appointment. God has an appointment for my life. God has a purpose for your life. God has a function for your life tonight. We're going to open these altars. I know we've done a lot of praising and worshiping and crying and dancing and shouting. And for some of us, sweat. I feel like God prompted me this afternoon to tell someone, even if, it, even if it's deduced to just that one, that God has an appointment for you. And he sees you among the stuff. He sees you among the hurts and the pains and the woundings. He sees you among all of that that predates today. But he had never poured the oil on your head if he didn't have a plan for your future. These altars are open tonight. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.